Good morning, friends. Well, today's message comes back from the friendly confines here in Branson, Missouri. And the title of my message today is, How's Your Yet? Well, officially, yet has a few different uses or definitions, but for the sake of this teaching this morning, I want to focus on the following meaning. It's a sentence connector, nevertheless, still, despite that. Yet usually connects negative with positive, painful with comforting. Yet often brings together in one thought or sentence both the dark clouds and the silver lining. Yet can be a powerful word of hope and encouragement. I have many lemons right now, yet I'm learning how to make lemonade. My right hand is broken, yet I am beginning to write with my left hand. Life is bringing me to my knees, yet from here I can more clearly see God's footprint with me. The word yet appears in the Bible approximately 395 times. And today allow me to share just a few of the ways that God uses the word yet. He does it to encourage us, to give us hope and endurance, to contrast the seeming hopelessness of our situations with <clears throat> the true hopeless hopefulness of his love, his power, his faithfulness, and his willingness, and he does it to show that we can trust him always, no matter what we are going through. In these next three passages, I just want you to soak in the pain and the suffering of the words before the word yet, and then soak in God's hope and promises through the words after the yet. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 to 26. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I'll never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, I will stare, I will still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of God, the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. And then these words from Habakkuk chapter 3, <clears throat> verses 17 to 19. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I'll rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in God my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And I want you to check this next passage. Even when we suffer greatly from our own poor decisions, God is strong, loving, and willing to rescue us, free us, defend us, and give us rest if we'll turn back to him. It's found here in Jeremiah chapter 50, verses 33 and 34. This is what the Lord Almighty says, The people of Israel are oppressed, and the people of Judah as well. All their captors hold them fast, refusing to let them go. Yet their Redeemer is strong. The Lord Almighty is his name. He'll vigorously defend their cause so that he may bring rest to their land. Now, in the next two passages, look at Jesus' suffering before the yet, and his amazing responses to his suffering after the yet. John 16, verse 32. <clears throat> A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You, my closest friends, will leave me all alone. Yet 
I am not alone, for my Father is with me. Then Luke twenty two forty two, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. I mean, that torture and the death on the cross to offer all humans forgiveness for our sins. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. Now, look at this next passage. Jesus understands how difficult it can be at times for us to believe in him, even though our physical eyes have not seen him, at least not yet. He calls us blessed. He encourages us for our humble faith in him. John twenty twenty nine. Jesus told him, because you've seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. <clears throat> In this next passage, Jesus shows the importance of us truly following him, putting his words into practice in our daily lives. He says that when we do, we can survive the worst storms of life. It's Matthew seven twenty four to 29. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. And finally, in this last passage, I mean, just look at the amazing gift Jesus offers to anyone who will believe in him, even if, at first, we didn't believe and turned away from him. He's offering adoption into his family as his very own child. This, perhaps, is the best yet of all. John chapter 1, verses 11 to 13. Jesus came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Well, friends, this teaching might have been too long or too short or too boring. Yet, I pray it blessed you to see how much Jesus loves you. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.